Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. We're here with Kirk Barber and the, the Toyota team yep. here at Hallett in Oklahoma. We're at One Lap of America. You guys started on Saturday. We are Thursday. I'm glad uh, you know what you I was going to say, you guys <laughs> probably don't know because you just it's just go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about what's going on with the team. How many times have, have you done this? Yeah. yeah, so this is my sixth One Lap. Um, we took 2020 off, but I started in 2017. Uh, in a first-gen FRS, um, then went to a, a front-wheel drive Avalon, a full-size, bigger than the Camry that we're running now. Um, that was an interesting year. We actually wrecked that car on Sunday at uh, St. Louis and came here the next day, so that was a fun year. Wow. Finished the whole year with a wrecked car, yeah. And then uh, the year after that, I'm going to start losing these now, was Camry, I think. Yeah, Camry? Yeah, it would have been 17, 18, 19, 20, we skipped. So 21, I ran the Supra, and then 22, I ran an 86, GR86. Okay. Different than this one, and then this year back in 23 with another GR86. Awesome. Um, and the teams, we're uh, a bunch of engineers work for Toyota. Uh, we're all based out of Central Kentucky, Lexington area. Georgetown is actually exactly where we're at. Um, that's the home of Toyota's largest plant in North America. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're, we work in manufacturing, and so we're uh, responsible for specking and installing equipment at the plants that actually build the cars. Um, and then after hours, nights and weekends, we have a couple cars that we get to turn wrenches on that our uh, upper management lets us play with and come out and race one lap and do some time trial events and track days with. So. Awesome. Right. So how many people you got here total? Uh, we got two in this car, four in the Camry, two in the Supra. And then we also have a media van too that's comprised of other members of the team okay. um, that are basically just here collecting uh, you know, sound clips, videos, pictures, and then posting those to social media. Um, if you can imagine from a corporate standpoint, we've got some reporting and, and wrap-up stuff to do on the, on the back end too. So uh, that helps with that stuff when we have those videos and pictures. And yeah, all that too. definitely. Uh, so, at, I don't know, maybe 12, two, four, six, eight plus media. Yeah, 12. Is the goal to bring back also some data about what's going on with the cars and everything for Toyota? Yeah, yeah. And that's the case with the Camry. So Camry is built in Georgetown, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and it's also designed, has a large design emphasis in North America too. So we do have uh, a feedback loop where we can feedback to manufacturing. We can feedback to design as well. Uh, many things we find with the car. Now this car is a couple years older. So when we initially got the car a few years ago, that we, we definitely had those streams back. Yeah. Um, anything we would find that we thought was abnormal, you know, bad points and good points as well, we feed those back to design and manufacturing. Uh, really helps the development process of the car and just get, keep getting better and better. Yeah. Um, so now that car's uh, a few years old now, we'll probably start looking at what's next that we yep. can kind of have those streams back. Um, in the case of like the GRs, we have a GR86 and a GR Supra as well. Uh, we don't manufacture those in the United States, so we don't have that stream back really for yeah. manufacturing as easy. Um, however, we do have a very close tie to our GR marketing and sales team too, so we're hand in hand with them to, to you know, secure the vehicles, make sure we're pushing out the you know, good content to, to everyone. Awesome. So you guys, for people who don't know about the One Lap of America, right, it's 3,500 miles. You guys start at Tire Rack, right, and yep. at Tire Rack. Yep. I hit about uh, seven or eight different locations two sessions per day typically yep. yesterday would have been three sessions or more yes because it was two tracks in one day uh eagles canyon yesterday we skipped uh thunder valley which is a drag strip yeah. because it was wet and uh at hallett today 
driving in between and what's the longest drive that you have to do yeah, between? we had, so we have another one tonight. We had the longest one we've had for this week already uh, was the haul from Nashville area. We ran Nashville Super Speedway on Monday. Yep. And then we hauled to Eagles Canyon. That was the longest haul. Okay. Um, so that was about 700 miles. So we got in, <laughs> it actually wasn't terribly late. I think we got in around 1.30, 1.30 a.m. Oh my gosh. Um, and I think by the time, you know, Howard Howard in the Corvettes got his, you know, his setup out front of the hotel. So by the time we kind of got the cars parked and, and saw Howard and said hi to everyone and got in the hotel, it was about 2 or 2.30 by the time we got to sleep. So. Got it. So you guys hang out at the back of a Corvette that has yep. has been fitted to be the bar, the, the unofficial bar for folks. That's and to kind of hang yeah. That's really yeah. unofficial. cool. Unofficial. Probably transitions to official pretty soon. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Howard's always, uh, always got a designated spot at the front of the hotel. He parks his Corvette and pops the trunk and everyone circles around there. It's, it's now a it's, one lap bar. It's different for the manufacturers, I think. Can you just ask to be on this? Because there's a limit. There's a cap on the number of cars, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So with our history of running numerous one laps, um, we we basically sign up as early as we can and, and communicate with Brock too. Brock Yates that organizes the event. Yep. Um, that hey, we want to we want to come. We want to bring two cars or three cars or four cars or whatever it might be that year. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we start that early on, and uh, then too we start planning our vehicles and planning our team members and, and our manpower and yep. how we're going to run it. So, are you pretty comfortable in this in between? Yeah, this is very comfortable. We uh, we have stock seats, stock suspension, you know, air conditioning, radio, all that. Awesome. Uh, and it's a wonderful cruising car as well. So okay. It's not modified yet. If we get to the point where like the Camry or the Super is, where it's got coilovers and it's got they've got race seats, it gets a lot more uncomfortable. But yeah, we have definitely no complaints for transit and no issues with the car right now. Uh, although the 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 Supra is having some issues with the temperature, right? Yeah, they, it's a very heavily modified car. So yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> any issues they're encountering are basically issues they brought upon themselves okay so, uh, <laughs> gotcha. yeah andrew andrew is uh andrew and justin put you know countless hours in that car and and iterated on fuel systems and cooling systems to try to you know figure out the great package and uh really thought before one lap that they had it figured out and then we get to nelson ledges in the first session at nelson ledges it runs into some heat issues just oh from over, overpower but uh they dialed it back down at least to the point where they can run these you know full full sessions out of it but. so tell me a little bit about just your history with racing and things like that i know you're an engineer but yeah. what else have you done on the track besides this yeah my my history is a little different and unique uh than most of the most of the other team members and probably most people here but i grew up uh driving so i started when i was seven years old all right in quarter midgets which was uh circle track like a go-kart but they have a, a frame over them a roll cage over them a little safer than a go-kart is um ran those for a number of years then transitioned to uh, a dirt sprint car like a mini sprint smaller than a full-size sprint car they're built for kids uh, ran those for a few years and at that point it was really when i got tall and i didn't fit in cars anymore and i have an older brother about two years older than me he was a phenomenal driver and i was a better mechanic i enjoyed working on the cars and setting them up more than i enjoyed, enjoyed driving them so um, kind of right about then, I was about 14, 15 years old. I started wrenching for my brother. He was old enough to move up to yep. the bigger ranks. Um, so with my family, just my brother and I, and my dad, my mom, we'd all travel the tracks together, and we, we would just take our you know truck and trailer and park next to these big semis and compete against these pro teams. Um, <laughs> so we did that for a number of years, and that's really what got me into engineering. As soon as I started, you know, enjoying working on the cars and setups and understanding suspension and springs and tire pressure and wheel offsets and all that stuff, that was what got me into engineering and. Uh, so yeah, that, that led to, fortunately, <clears throat> right about then too, is um, there was a school nearby. I was in Indianapolis at that time. Okay. And a school nearby that had a motorsports engineering program. And I said, okay, cool. Like if I have to, if I have to go to college, it's basically, you know, I had to. So if I had to go to college, I'm gonna go study motorsports engineering. Yeah. Um, that was great. And uh, actually led me to mechanical engineering. So I have two degrees, one in motorsports engineering, one in mechanical engineering. 
and uh, I actually kind of fell out of love with racing when I had to transition from doing it with my family and as a hobby. Yeah. And as soon as it became work and I was working for someone else and working for race teams, it wasn't as fun anymore. Yeah. So I didn't enjoy the engineering from the racing standpoint um, to go work for like IndyCar or something. I didn't enjoy that. So that's why I did mechanical engineering. I could go work for, you know, a corporate company yeah. and then just keep racing as a side kind of on the hobby. That's, that's awesome. That's so I can keep the love in it. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. My degree is mechanical engineering, but I totally missed out on the automotive piece. So yeah. I really should have done that. But well, I mean, yeah. I, did, I didn't even know that was an option, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool. So you, a lot of people may not have all the driving background that you got then, right? Yeah, and, and even I've had to transition from oval track stuff. I, I didn't turn turn right ever until I was, you know, in my <laughs> teens. So. Um, but even then, there's a lot of people on one lap that didn't start really competitive racing until they're in their 30s. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I might have started earlier, but, uh, you know, a lot of these people that started later are, are you know, they can develop as well as, you know, I've, I have over the, over the years. So. so with the years you've been here, what's the craziest thing that you've seen either to yourself your team or maybe somebody else yeah, that's i'd have to think back definitely one of one of the craziest ones was our wrecked car um especially because we were almost parked in this exact spot when oh. we were at hallett um that was in 2018 okay so, uh we were racing a uh an avalon which is you know camry but a little bit bigger front yep. wheel drive front engine very heavy in the front but that car was just magic and actually we still we still race that car in lemons uh, we raced it earlier this year in Lemons at, at Barber Motorsports Park. Okay. Uh, that car is awesome, and uh, we had someone else driving it at St. Louis. So St. Louis is kind of that rollable configuration where yep. you transition from the straightaway down into the into the into the inside. Yeah. And that transition, the the guy we had driving the car that hit that transition, and the thing stepped out sideways, kind of caught it, you know, didn't catch it, and then the thing ended uh. up looping and pancaked the wall on the driver's side. So all the uh, all the sheet metal on the outside was torn up, and it actually pushed the frame rail over. We had a mount that was pulled apart. We had lost a lot of grounds and. Um, shattered all the windows on the on the on the driver's side also and st louis that year we were actually we did the the morning and the afternoon session then immediately we went and ran the drag strip which was right next to okay. st louis it was like all right we need to basically get this thing back halfway straight it was like eyeball alignment turn like put a couple turns in the tie rod to get the tire back straight we couldn't get the car to start and we didn't realize we had broke like a ground like a big ground off uh -huh. to get the car to start so we'd use actually use the jump box and just put it directly on the starter because <laughs> we could get ignition on put it that right on the starter turn the motor over fired it up couldn't shut it off so had to run it all the way around <laughs> to the drag strip ran our drag pass you run uh, low et first and then you get back and then you run your uh, bracket drags from there and the first bracket we went down the track and said all right we're out and went back and repaired the car but um, so from St. Louis to here, we didn't have a really big haul, you know, maybe five hours or so. Yeah. So we spent a couple hours there at St. Louis. They had a garage so we could work on and get, oh, nice. get everything back. Yeah, back good. They had one of the, actually I think both windows were still intact, but they were like really flimsy, you know, like the safety glass. <laughs> we had, yeah, I sent, sent someone off to get shipping tapes. So we had shipping tape on the windows. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, it was a very memorable year. We came here. I remember I, actually, I was actually driving with Steven, my co-driver this year. And we were down on grid and getting ready to go out. I said, hey, man, what do you think? Like five tenths, six tenths? Like how, you know, how much yep. are we pushing this? Should I feel it out? And he's like, send it. So I was like, all right, here we go. You know, go out that first session and just, and just send it. And the whole rest of the week we sent it. And uh, I think we were third or second or third in class still that year. But we finished wow. the entire event. Yeah, we didn't miss any sessions. Yeah. So. 
car started every session and finished every session except for that one at St. Louis. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a very memorable year, and, that, and especially now that that car lives on. Now it got repaired and lives on as a women's car for us. Too, yeah. So. Well, it's interesting, too. You guys are really such a big team. I know last night you guys stayed late at Eagles Canyon to yeah. help a couple different cars, which is pretty cool. So Yeah, we, uh, we actually took off. So we were still planning on hitting the drag strip yeah. after Eagles Canyon. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of made sure everyone is in a decent spot, you know, because we have to go on and, and take care of ourselves and make sure we yeah. hit all the events. Um, so we got about maybe 15, 20 miles down the road, and one of the guys called over. He said, hey, the drag is canceled. So we immediately pulled over to the side of the road. I called back to the Corvette guys, and uh, there was a Subaru team as well that was back at Eagles Canyon. I said, hey, you guys need a hand? They said, ah, you know, it wouldn't hurt. I said, all right. So we head back. Um, we got out of there maybe about 5.30 or 6. It okay. was like a four-hour stint to here. Yeah, yeah. Um, stopped for dinner. Unfortunately, dinner was really long and slow, and that put us in here about 11 o'clock last night. But, yeah. So not terribly terribly late, six hours of sleep. So that was that was good. A lot better than the night before. That's good. A lot better than the night before. I, yeah. I was worried because I had to drive from um, Eagles Canyon to Tulsa, where my family is. Okay, yeah. And that's where I was. But I was like, hey, I'm showing up a lot earlier since then. But I was, I was, I've actually never been to a drag strip, so I don't even know what it's like there. So with one lap is very interesting. I so uh, Steve Loudon is one of the top competitors. He ran, I think he's ran 16 one laps. He won the last two years with Tom O'Gorman driving with him. Um, in all of his 16 years of running one laps, there's only been three drag strips. I think that he's hit over those 16 years. So wow. It seems like it's always plagued with weather. Oh um, yeah. And I've so this being my sixth one, I've been to three drags. I think 17, 18 in the Avalon. So maybe only two, but yeah, so drag seems to always be plagued with weather. And if there's any like hint of weather in the forecast, you know, because the drag out. strips are so slick, yeah, yeah. then it gets canceled. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, that's one of the big challenges is one lap is like largely we're doing road courses, but we also have autocross, we have skid pad, we have drag, both low ET and bracket. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it's not a competition, but it's the transits in between are also really challenging too. So where are you guys at in your class right now? Uh, leading class right now. Nice. Um, we've got a fair margin at maybe 40 point margin or so, 35 point margin, yep. um, five points per position. And if there's eight in our class. So roughly right now, if we were to skip an entire session, we would probably be bumped down to second, maybe your type. Okay. Second. So good. Um, yeah. Fair margin. Still not something we're comfortable. We're still uh, going out and pushing. Um, did they do the point differentials just within class, or is it overall? So there's overall points and uh, okay. within class. And, okay. and in both cases, it's five times, five points per car. Sure. So overall is about 80 cars, um, so five points per car gets you basically that. The, the winner will get that number of points, then it counts down five per Got it. last person getting five points. Um, so that really adds some interesting elements to it because you can be ahead of someone in overall, but then behind them in class yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you compete for overall points. You also compete for your class points, and then you can add a stock designation as well. So last year with our 86, we're not stock this year. Last year we were stock. Yeah. So we were competing in the SSGT2 small bore, which is under 50,000, under three and a half liter. Uh -huh. uh, and then we had a stock designation as well, stock GT designation as well. So we actually competing in overall, uh, competing in um, our GT2 small bore, and then also competing with stock points too. So cool. Stock is difficult though because you get the Porsches, the GT3, GT4s are they're considered stock if they're not modified. Oh yeah, of course. So, yeah, so we can be in you know first or second in class, but then uh, you know really far back in stock points, which is <laughs> interesting. But yeah, it's a nature one lap. Man, thank you so much for yeah. the interview. I appreciate your time and information. I think people are gonna love learning about this. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, like you said earlier. There's a wait list every year. Um, you can get on. You can you can sign up early. 
always every year there's 50 teams probably or 50 yeah 50 teams i say that that return yep um so there's you know 30 spots and then the wait list has always got a handful of people on it but yeah if you yeah. sign up early um i think you got a really good chance of getting in and uh things always happen cars fall out teams drop out yep. you know things happen yep. and then that wait list can kind of bump up but um it's a challenging event if you it's, it is a challenging event over the course of the whole yeah. week. Yeah, uh, definitely recommend people come. You know, like yourself, come see the come yeah. see it for one or two and kind of get the feel of things. That way, you're not showing up. I blind, mean, it, you guys go all over the place, so this should be an opportunity for someone to get to one of them. And it's free entrance. You know, you just come in and and everyone's extremely nice. Yeah, it's and a, everybody knows everybody. Yep, so. it's the one that family. So you got questions you can ask if you, you, know, if you need parts or tools or whatever. You know, there's tons of knowledge around here. I think. Most every OEM has like a mechanic or something hidden in here. If you need yep. something, you can, you can find something. Cool. So. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like. But I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com. And you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.